Catholic History Trek, a podcast exploring the Catholic past. I have to admit, earlier this year, my wife stumped me. She asked me if I'd ever heard of Santo Anello. I thought for a second and then asked if it was a place or a person. She replied, neither. At that point, I realized I had no idea what the Santo Anello was. A gap had been found in my mind's catalog of Catholic history. She explained that she was reading a book on St. Joseph, and the book referenced the Santo Anello, which was supposedly Mary's wedding ring. She said it would make a good episode for a podcast. I agreed. So, attempting to fill this gap, I did some research on the Santo Anello, and this episode was born. I'm Scott Scholze, and I'll be making a solo trek in this episode of Catholic History Trek without my esteemed co-host, Kevin Schmeising, who is on a summer break of sorts. I'll be looking at the history of the Santo Anello. An 11th century account tells us of a transaction which took place a century earlier. In 10th century Rome, a Jewish dealer in precious stones gave a quartz ring to a jeweler from Cusi, a small town in central Italy, about 100 miles north of Rome. The ring was said to have served as the wedding ring given by St. Joseph to the Blessed Virgin Mary. Anario, the jeweler who had received the ring, was apparently skeptical of the veracity of the ring's origin. He doubted its authenticity until his newly deceased son was temporarily restored to life in order to vouch for the ring. This ring, which became known as the Santo Anello, or Holy Ring, in Italian, was then transferred to the Basilica di Santa Mustiola, outside the walls of Cusi. In 1251, it was moved for greater security to the Duomo of Cusi, which was administered by the canons of Santa Mustiola. In 1420, it was moved again, this time to the Church of San Francesco in Cusi. The relic remained in San Francesco, until it was stolen by a certain Frau Wintherius during a stay at the Franciscan convent in QC. Frau Wintherius then brought the ring to Perugia in 1473 and arranged through an intermediary to donate it to the city. An inscription in the cloister of the Palazzo dei Canonici records Frau Wintherius' donation to Perugia, but makes no mention of him stealing the ring from neighboring QC. He was imprisoned for two years while charges were investigated. The Sienese, who controlled Chiusi, appealed to Pope Sixtus IV, but the pontiff arbitrated in favor of the Prussians, who then secured the ring within a trunk with seven keys, secured behind a metal grating in the Palazzo dei Priori. Despite the ruling, torturous negotiations continued between the two sides until 1486, when Pope Sixtus IV's successor, Innocent VIII, also ruled in favor of Prussia. In 1488, the Santo Anello was moved from the Palazzo dei Priori to a new chapel, commonly called the Cappella del Santo Anello, where it remains today. The relic is housed in a reliquary in which it hangs from a gilded silver crown. This reliquary is typically held behind curtains above the altar in this chapel, except on the anniversary of its translation to this location on July 31st, when it is exhibited on the altar. Also, it is traditionally venerated by pilgrims en route for Santa Maria degli Angeli in Assisi to celebrate the Festa dei Perdono there on August 2nd. 
At the beginning of the 16th century, an altarpiece, The Marriage of the Virgin, adorned the altar of the Cappella del Santo Anello. This painting by Perugina remained there until 1797, when it was confiscated by the French during Napoleon Bonaparte's invasion of central Italy, which was part of an eight-year war between the invading French Republic and a coalition of Italian states and allies. The Marriage of the Virgin was never returned to Italy, but is now housed in a French art museum. A new painting by Carlo Labruzzi was installed in 1814, but proved to be unpopular. So it was removed and a third altarpiece was added. This one by Jean-Baptiste Wicard was installed in 1825. It was also unpopular, but remains there today. Scientific investigation into the Santo Anello was conducted in the middle of the 20th century. It found that it is made of chalcedony, which is a cryptocrystalline form of silica found in many semi-precious gemstones, such as jasper, onyx, and fire agate. The investigation also identified the ring to the 1st century AD, which is when Mary and Joseph would have been wed around the year 0 AD when Jesus was born. Apparently, a cavity was found at the ring's widest part, which led to speculation that the ring was made to possibly be a signet ring. For some, this would seem to discredit the legitimacy of the relic, that it wasn't actually a wedding ring, but a signet ring of the same era. But my personal take is that this actually makes it likely more authentic. Joseph, as a tecton or general laborer, wouldn't have been filthy rich, and just as some speculate the chalice of the Last Supper was not an elaborate jewel-encrusted golden masterpiece, it's also easy to envision Joseph acquiring a beautiful surplus ring, which had perhaps been crafted for a signet, but ultimately put to another use. Another interesting historical account of the ring takes place 200 years ago by the mystic Blessed Catherine Emmerich, who provided a pair of accounts regarding the wedding ring of the Blessed Virgin Mary. The first vision, which took place on the 29th of July in 1821, is as follows. I saw the Blessed Virgin's wedding ring, it is neither of silver nor of gold, nor of any other metal. It is dark in color and iridescent. It is not a thin, narrow ring, but rather thick and at least a finger broad. I saw it smooth and yet as if covered with little regular triangles, on which were letters. On the inside was a flat surface. The ring is engraved with something. I saw it kept behind many locks in a beautiful church. Devout people about to be married, took their wedding rings to touch it. A few days later, on the 3rd of August, Catherine Emmerich provided another interesting vision regarding the ring. Today I saw a festival in a church in Italy, where the wedding ring is to be found. It seemed to be hung up in a kind of monstrance which stood above the tabernacle. There was a large altar there, magnificently decorated. One saw deep into it through such silver work. I saw many rings being held against the monstrance. During the festival, I saw Mary and Joseph appearing in their wedding garments on each side of the ring, as if Joseph were placing the ring on the Blessed Virgin's finger. At the same time, I saw the ring shining and as if in movement. I'm unaware if Blessed Catherine Emmerich ever visited the Capella del Santo Anello, but some of her details do match the description I provided especially the non-metallic nature of the quartz chalcedony and the thick shape and how it was cut behind many locks. It's said of all the saints of the Catholic Church, 
only St. Joseph and the Blessed Virgin Mary lack any first-class relics, that is, bodily remains. With St. Mary, it's attributed to the Marian dogma of the Assumption of Mary, as defined in 1950 by Pope Pius XII in Munificentissimus Deus, and dates back to the 4th or 5th century in the ancient texts of De Obitus Sant Domine and De Transitu Virginis. With the Virgin Mary being assumed body and soul into heaven, the lack of bodily relics to venerate is understandable. But what about her spouse, St. Joseph? While the church has no official teaching on the whereabouts of his remains, there has been speculation that he too was bodily assumed into heaven. Referencing the 27th chapter of the Gospel of Matthew, it says, And the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints that had slept arose. So we see scriptural reference to holy men and women who died before Christ, and then who were raised from the dead. So it is possible that Joseph could have been among these, which perhaps explains why great saints like St. Bernardine of Siena, St. Francis de Sales, and St. Leonard of Port Maurice all preach the bodily assumption of St. Joseph into heaven. Since neither St. Joseph nor St. Mary left any first-class relics behind, an item such as the Santo Anello carries such reverence. It is one of the few earthly remnants of these great saints, not to mention other supposed relics such as the Sancta Camicia, or Veil of St. Mary, which is a first-century veil kept in the Cathedral in Chartres, France, and the Cincture of St. Joseph, also kept in a church in France, and the Cloak of St. Joseph, which is housed in a Roman church. While I can't confirm the validity of each of these relics, I can confirm the language of the Mass and the language of the church when these relics were first reverenced is the Latin language. And that is the language which Kevin and I end our Catholic History Trek podcast. Given that the episode covered the Blessed Virgin Mary, I feel it's apropos to end this episode with the Ave Maria, or Hail Mary, prayed in the Church's historic traditional language. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum, benedicta tu in mulieribus, benedictus fructus ventris tui Jesus, Sancta Maria Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, Nunc in et hora mortis nostre. Amen. Thank you for listening to Catholic History Trek. You can reach us at catholichistorytrek at gmail.com.